Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. I think we're good. All right, welcome in, guys. Welcome in. It is Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. Man, summer is flying by. It's the last week without NFL and college football that will happen a long time. Long time. Uh, that means football. Football's not back, but football's almost back, baby. Uh, welcome in building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, on these Tuesday evening shows, Carl Dummler. Carl, how you doing? I'm good. I do have to ask. Did you watch the the Raiders game, the Hall of I, Fame game? Nope, I did not. I've been busy. Okay. Um, was that on Friday night? Friday. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Well, yeah, I was Thursday. prepping for go. a crazy hard hike and been doing mm. a bunch of uh house stuff still. So, yeah. uh, nope, I did not want to, I did not watch it. Did not prioritize it. Uh, the, what was that? Was it the Broncos versus Falcons hall of fame game? Uh, Vic Fangio's kidney stone game, right? I, I think that's right. I that was that enough hall of fame of games to last me my lifetime. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> I'm with so, you. It was, it was bad football all the way around. And I mean, it's just, it's fun to watch football again. So I watched a little bit of it about a half, but Yep. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, Broncos play this week, Saturday. I'm excited to watch that a little bit. You know, it's still preseason. You and I like sometimes those end of the roster guys just getting a chance to actually see them in football opportunities. Yep. But uh, for the most part, yeah, it's still not quite real football yet. Yep. It's uh, I guess I'm not that starved. I'm more interested in the Broncos training camps and whatnot than watching the Raiders versus a meandering Trevor Lawrence list. Uh, Jaguars team. So uh, I guess the first thing we should talk about about that, though, I, I guess uh, Josh uh, Jacobs played. What, what do you make of that? What does that mean uh, for the Raiders? I mean, is, I, is Ernie in here? I'm sorry, Ernie. We're talking about a team other than the Broncos. Uh, <laughs> but um, Josh Jacobs getting a decent amount of carries in the first quarter there. I mean, yeah, are, are, you're, you're should still... we read into that? I think a little bit. I mean, it's kind okay. of the Ezekiel Elliott situation where it's produced now or you're gone kind of thing. You, you use the first yeah. round pick on him and and hope that he could continue that on once you paid him big money and, and it didn't work out. And and maybe this is, I mean, way too early of this conversation, but when we're thinking about Javante Williams, do you really want to pay this guy for what he's done in the first four years of his career in the NFL? And uh, I love Javante and I'm excited that we don't have to worry about that for a few years, Yeah. but this is kind of that, uh, I guess, warning of this is kind of what happens josh jacobs looked great as a rookie everybody's like oh my gosh this is that top 10 running back and it's just been this slow decline over time and i, I do i think the raiders are kind of saying dude 
this is a new regime, new coaching staff. We didn't draft you. If we find a guy that fits our system better, I'm sorry, you're gone. Yep. And this also kind of goes back to uh, the the discussion of the running backs are pretty much only as good as their offensive line. Jacob's play dropped a lot when the Raiders offensive line fell apart. So uh, yep. it'll be interesting. And I know there's a lot of seemingly a lot of contentiousness uh, with the very pro Williams crowd being anti Melvin Gordon. But if you're so pro pro Javante Williams that you want him to get a second contract and be more than what just the first four years in the league, you should be pro Melvin Gordon. You know who should be pro Melvin Gordon? Javante Williams, because keeping him fresh and uh, not a lot of carries is a way that he's going to be able to not only get a better second contract, but probably be better in that second contract as well. So uh, not going too far uh, down the tracks there. Um, Is that, is that the ESPN sound there? What do they do these days? That's baseball tonight. I don't remember. Yeah. All right. Cue the ESPN signature sound. That's what it says. Fellas, fantasy football draft season is right around the corner. It's time to get your snake looking right for the snake draft with the sponsors of today's show. You guessed it, Manscaped. Uh, The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup with their performance package 4.0. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping by using our code MHH. Uh, Inside the performance package 4.0, you'll learn their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer or you'll find that the weed whacker ear to nose uh trimmer as well man i'm turned 30 and all of a sudden i need that weed whacker for the uh, the nose trimmer as well the crop preserver ball deodorant crop reviver toner performance boxer briefs and travel bag tom brady didn't come out of retirement for you to have a hair a hairy ball sack oh my goodness and also i'm um, just speaking of something that i enjoy there crop mop it's again it's the ph uh active um wipe uh for down south grooming and i did like i said 17 mile hike and i think 12 of the miles were in the sun and i was a sweaty boy um after the hike this week and we stopped and got food and whatnot afterwards i couldn't have gone there without uh treating myself with a crop mop uh beforehand so uh thank you to manscape for the crop mop and uh, all their good gifts uh, all their good items there and again get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code mhh at manscape.com again the 20 percent off and free shipping with uh Code MHH at manscaped.com. It's time to put the PP back in PPR and uh, get your grip on. My goodness. These reads, they're just unbelievable. Um, I <laughs> All right. Uh, let's say hello to everybody in the chat right after that. It's good to see you. I'm Dylan Von Arks. Sup, Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dylan. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we have William coming in here saying, just saw a video about Colin Coward talking about Seattle. Haha, he was saying how they will be god-awful this coming year with Pete and the system and all of that and how uh, statistically they have been terrible without Russ carrying them on uh, his back. Yeah, um, gosh, I'm... Carl, I'm starting to reach the point now where it's like there's so much anti-Seahawks hype and so much Broncos hype that, like, I'm nervous for the week one matchup. It's kind of like how I approach, like, when the Hawkeyes are playing week one and they're playing Northern Illinois. It's like, okay, we should win, but if we don't win, the embarrassment... Um, it's going to be rough and they're professionals. It's not to that extent, but like, I, I'm nervous. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. I mean, who knows Russ better than Pete Carroll? Nobody, but who knows Pete Carroll better than anybody else? Russell Wilson. So it's kind of one of those that I, I think they almost kind of cancel each other out, but you're right. I mean, if the Broncos lose that one, oh my goodness, the, the world is going to be lit on fire at that point. And Seattle Seahawks fans are going to be unbearable. If you know any of them out there, I know you live out in Seattle, so it's it's a bigger deal for you having to go through that walk down those streets. Uh, I, I can't imagine that. Uh, I lived in Seattle for a while, and 
even when I was there, like it was pretty unbearable when they won games. And like, even when they weren't playing the Broncos and I'd be in my Bronco gear and they like the, the 2012 game, I think I've talked about it before, but just when they lost, when the Broncos lost, I had all my coworkers coming and be like, Oh my gosh, you see how, how terrible that was. And just laughing in my face. And the next day, Seattle lost pretty much the same way last minute. Mm-hmm. And so then I got to laugh in their face for a day. I think I was the only person smiling in Seattle for, for 24 hours. But uh, so, yeah, you, you kind of hope that first, first week matchup, hopefully Russell doesn't have the jitters and all the excitement and emotions that are going to be a part of that. And doesn't have kind of a, a, a one of his worst games to start off the year. Uh, I remember yeah. Peyton Manning, his first time playing the Colts, not his best game. Yeah. There, there's going to be emotion tied to that. Yeah. And so maybe we can lean into the run game. We were just talking yes. about it with Javante Williams yes. and Melvin Gordon, get that going, have that be a little bit of the, the tone setter right off the bat. And hopefully the defense can, can just dominate and make it where just, you know, whoever's starting at quarterback, Drew Locke, Geno Smith can't get anything going. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, Phil McLaughlin coming in with the support Facebook stars over on Facebook. Phil, you're a star. We appreciate you, but I don't know what's going on with your profile picture here, but uh, he says, hello, Nick, Carl and Scott. Uh, so what's up with the Broncos linebackers being our worst position? Hashtag let's ride. And uh, it was a article from ESPN's Bill Barnwell, who does phenomenal work. Um, and he put out a piece there uh, where he said the Broncos linebacking duo was the worst on the team and a reason for the Achilles heel, I guess this season. And for me, I'm not super worried about the linebacking court. It's kind of like, let's say you get a new house and, you know, everything in the house is really nice, but the doorknobs uh, on the house, you know, just kind of fine. They're not great. You know, the doorknobs are fine. Okay. Who cares? Um, the, the door is great. The foundation's good. You have working plumbing, blah, blah, blah. Oh no, the doorknobs, uh, it's 2022. If you have terrible linebackers on the field, that will hurt you. Uh, we saw that last year, the Broncos in a few games, the Browns and the Eagles come specifically to mind for me. Those are just dreadful games, um, from the linebacker position to the point where, they were one of the main reasons the Broncos lost. But with uh, Josie Jewell and Jonas Griffiths slash Alex Singleton, you feel a little bit better there. I do like that the Broncos are at least kind of approaching maybe another linebacker, a fourth one. They think there's some question marks there uh, for the Stranod and at all <laughs> behind those other guys. Heck, let's throw in Singleton too. Uh, but I feel pretty good about the top two guys and the linebacking core, as long as they're not trash, are not going to make or break uh, the defense this year. It's going to be the pass rush. Right. And I mean, I know a lot of people, Roquan Smith demanding or not demanding, but requesting a trade. Everybody's kind of like, oh my gosh, Broncos, this makes a total lot of sense. And I remember we were pretty big fans of him coming out of college. And if he made it to the Broncos pick that we wouldn't have minded him. And, and he's been a great player in the NFL. Yeah, he, he really has. has. I'd say he's been a top five player on the off ball linebacker spot, but he's not one I'm willing to trade in the sense of you're having to give up draft capital. For a position, like you said, that's not all that valuable. And you're going to have to pay him a big contract. I mean, I, I don't know what exactly what he's demanding out there, but it's it's going to be pretty big. So do you really want to give up that draft capital that the Broncos really don't have right now on top of then another big contract? And then you're going to have to start figuring out how are we going to make this Russell Wilson big contract work? And it just, it, you get so top heavy. Yeah. It, it makes the rest of the of the depth chart really hard to fill out. Yep. And you also have Draymond Jones, Bradley Chubb contracts, Russell Wilson. I mean, you need those draft picks. It's going to be pretty hard to do that. And I just think there's going to be other teams who are have more draft capital, more cap space that it makes sense for them to go get them. Um, not that I would not like Roquan Smith. I just think that probably for where the Broncos are at, you're just not going to see them make any splashy moves right now because their splashy move was going out and getting Russell Wilson. 
paying for that now. You take the quarterback every time, but uh, yeah. just where we're at. Uh, Paula Anna's neighbor, Paula Anna's neighbor coming in saying, hello, everyone. We have the richest owner in the NFL. Woohoo. And Dylan saying, we got that money. Take that Jerry Jones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really great. So the Walter uh, Walton, excuse me, Walton Pennert group uh, today uh, took over officially for the Broncos. The owner meter hap- owner meeting happened. You heard some cheering. And then uh, did you see um, Walton get up there and uh, get Roger Goodell's name wrong? Goodell. Goodell. <laughs> Goodell. I mean, he's not, he's not going to live that one down for me. So uh, Roger Goodell um, getting in there with, uh, I mean, gosh, does Walton have time? He's bigger than, uh, honestly, this is a really good point of who works for who here. The owners don't work for the commissioner, the commercial, the commissioner, Goodall works for the owners, and uh, yeah. now he got uh, Goodall got a new boss. I was gonna say, I think if I'm if I'm Goodell, I'd be saying this guy's paying me. I really don't care what he calls me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm getting paid that forty, fifty million dollars or whatever, I know his contract. It's crazy how much he actually makes. But uh, yeah, I I don't think he cares too much at this point. And and I was kind of wonder. You know, we've got all these names that are going to come up tomorrow. They're going to come to to Dove Valley and do interviews and stuff like that. And that's going to be great. But I still kind of wonder what everybody's role within that ownership is going to be. Like, that's going to be my big question is who who's going to be the forefront? Who's going to be the final voice? Who's actually going to be there on the, the daily grind? Uh, you know, th- there's just so many things that come out there with, with this one. Um, and I'm excited about this new ownership group, but until we see what they're kind of doing actually in season and getting things going, we can't really tell right now what they're going to be for the Broncos. Yeah, it will be interesting to see, but, uh, you know, congratulations to Broncos country um, for putting this behind us. Um, a little bit of uh, melancholy too, you know, putting the, the Bolin era in the past, but uh, I guess a good thing is that how it ended. Uh, the Bolin era was not great. And now we can think about all the positives uh, that Bolin not only brought to the Broncos, but the NFL at large and uh, moving forward in a new era uh, for the Denver Broncos. So, uh, Really, really excited about that. And I was looking for, I saw some questions here about Joe Ellis, but um, I see that uh, Broncos released an initial unofficial 22 depth chart here um, on their website as well. Maybe we should get into that for a second. Um, but first we see uh, Kevin Gray coming in saying, cool, now we will see what's up. Now we have new owners. I really think we are fine. Let's ride. Absolutely. Jeremy Bales in the house. Sup, guys. Good to see you. Uh, Carl, try this one out. Should we trade for Wilcon Smith? There we go. There's that question. Um, yeah, I, I just, I say no right now, you know, if Josie Jewell or uh, Jonas Griffith go down with injury, it'd be tough not to want to go make that trade just because you like what your team is this year. And you've got, I, I would say about a two to three year window where you've got a pretty darn strong roster. You've got a lot of young players that you have, you don't have to pay for the next couple of years. Uh, I mean, I know with Russell Wilson, you're always going to have that window, but I think you've really got a strong window in the next three years. So it's kind of hard not to want to just go all in and make some of these things and be like the the Rams and say F them picks and, you know, those kind of things. But I still would probably pass on this one. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, what it seems like right now. Um, we got Kathy Lund in the house saying, howdy, fam. How is everyone going? It's going pretty well. Uh, excited to be here. Thanks for joining us today. Luke coming in saying, why is Nick on the right? Because Carl was already in the room. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, uh, I'm feeling good over here. It's a nice little spot uh, on this side of the panel. Um, Greg Smith in the house. Good evening, Broncos country. Good to see you. Rick Barrios coming in saying, let's ride. Good to see you. Mike S. How you doing? What's up, Broncos country? DeAndre Weatherspoon. What's up, boys? Clayton Huron. Uh, it's been a second, Clayton. Hope you're doing well. He says, hey, guys. Been a while. Yes, it has. Uh, smash, smash that like button, guys, and share family and work and some personal things going on. Well, hope everything is good, Clayton. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. Uh, 
Reach out if you need anything, buddy. Uh, Robot Abdoon coming in. Good evening, gentlemen. Good to see you. EJ, evening, Nick and Carl. Diamond Rattler, good to see you. Diamond Weatherspoon, my boy Miles. Uh, DeAndre with the new picture there, too, I think, going on there. Good to see you. Um, we got Zach coming in, all caps, saying I want us to pick up Roquan Smith. Would be a great fit for Broncos country. Would be awesome to see him in here. Uh, don't think it's in the cards, um, from my understanding. Of course, the Broncos would be interested, but uh, they don't have the flexibility right now with draft capital to get him. And uh, you'd probably have to be taken away from a unit that is questionable to go get him. So it just, it doesn't make sense. Like I saw some people say, Hey, trade Bradley Chubb for him. You already have way more questions at edge, not way more questions. Do you have at edge than linebacker, but that off ball linebacker is like worth 15% of one good edge rusher. You know, it's just, it's not even close to the value uh, perspective. So obviously having broke would be great. Um, but uh, it doesn't seem to be in the cars cards uh, for us dom in the house too good evening nick carl and scott in broncos country new era starts today absolutely um and we got luke saying lock seven picks in that game is lock going to be playing week one carl i don't think so hmm. i mean geno smith has gotten almost all of the snaps with the number one offense uh before the scrimmage he'd gotten lock had gotten three snaps with the hello this is hey dude shoes this is an ad but not for your ears for your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The starting offensive line and receivers and weapons, all that. Scrimmage, he got a couple more, obviously, and he did well in the scrimmage, but he kind of did good with the scrimmage here with, with the Broncos, and I, I just think it's one of those people need to understand there's a lot more going into this whole equation. Just what you see in that scrimmage is not the whole evaluation. No. Like, he looked good for one day. That's great. He did that here in Denver sometimes. He even had a couple really great games for Denver. You think of the, the Carolina Panther game. That was a great one. The Houston Texan game, his rookie year. There were some great moments. For Locke, it's always been that consistency. Can he do this day in and day out? Can he do this week to week looking at the games? And he just hasn't proven to be that guy. And for a coach like Pete Carroll, who really leans into the defense, like <laughs> you think of Fangio, Pete Carroll's just a better version of Fangio. And this like better head coach version, I should say. A, fr a friendlier, peppier. He, yeah. He's the, the smiley face. He's comedy where Vic Fangio is a tragedy. I, okay. Okay. Personality wise, very different. But yes their thoughts on what they want for football. They want a quarterback that's going to be consistent. 
that's going to yeah. protect the football. They're going to lean into the run game and play for their defense. And when Drew Locke is kind of that, uh, the guy that just wants to launch it down the field, take chances, that doesn't play to that. And so I think he is going to struggle to to win that starting job. And right now he's not even close to it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have Kevin coming in here. Uh, Kevin McCaslin saying hi from Bellingham, Washington. Ah, oh, right up the, the waterway there for me. Hello from Seattle over here. Uh, it says go Broncos. I'm from Colorado and I miss it. Washington's pretty great too. I don't want to, you know, both Colorado, uh, spent a lot of va- summer vacations in Colorado, but uh, Bellingham, Washington is absolutely gorgeous right there. So I uh, would not, I don't feel too bad for you there. <laughs> Gary leads Palmer coming in saying good afternoon, Carl, Nick and Scott uh, love to Broncos country. Go Broncos. Let's ride. Hey, Gary, we love you. Gary gave us a love uh, this morning. So we're going to give it back to him. Um, good to see you, Gary. Thank you so much for the support. Um, we appreciate you. Uh, we also have a, Oh, I almost clicked on a political one. We're going to avoid the political ones for now. Uh, Mike S um, talking about that week. One game should be a blowout, but probably will be closer than we think. Probably. Um, that's the way to go. And uh, we have some injury news here for you on the Broncos front as well. It's not the, it's not horrifying injury news, but something to keep an eye on. Uh, Ronald Darby right now is a day to day with a chest contusion, probably suffered in that uh, play that I'm sure almost everyone saw the Cortland Sutton mossing play and also Cortland Sutton uh, injured as well, dealing with a little shoulder issue. So uh, we'll be monitoring that going forward. I'm not worried about it, uh, so to speak, but again, it's uh, it's news uh, out there that uh, we'll want to keep an eye on. Any thoughts on that, Carl? If they were not out there with their teammates, like I, from what I understand, Cortland Sutton was actually in full pads today and was running a couple drills, nothing too crazy. But um, so really for Cortland Sutton, I'm not worried at all. I think this is more just he's a veteran. We know what he is. Really, we're trying to figure out the back end of that wide receiver room anyway. So this gives more opportunities for them to maybe get some snaps with Russell Wilson. And yeah, so for Sutton, you just want him healthy for week one. We've talked about it before. There are some players that we'd almost rather just shut down, like almost right now, to protect them so that they're healthy for week one. Like Randy Gregory, I don't need to see him in preseason to know if he can be a good football player. I need him. I need him to be in training camp a little bit, but I don't need to see him much more than that. Uh, But yeah, for Cortland Sutton, not too worried. Ronald Darby, a little bit more worried just because he has been injury prone throughout his career, and so some of these things start adding up. It gets to me a little bit, uh, but being day to day, if he's missing like the next two weeks of practice, then I'm getting a lot more concerned. If yeah. here in like three days, he's back at practice. I'm I'm good with it. Yep. I agree with you there on that uh, fully. And we also got Lawrence Rivera coming to the support here saying how many more co-owners do you think the Broncos are going to acquire? I wanted it to be Walton alone, but I don't think that's going to, it's going to be like that. And who becomes the owner if uh, he passes, he is older, just something to think about. I'm guessing that uh, he has a, a family member that would take over in that situation. It does seem like he has a, I think a oldest son um, that is in line. That would be the next person in charge there. And also um, no idea how many more people there they'll add. Um, I'd rather, I think have the division of power, uh, so to speak here, rather than the uh, dictatorship with one owner. Um, You still have one true uh, person in charge here, Uh, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. And I'm eager to see the dynamics of that, but I'm thinking it's going to be a slow burn on learning about the dynamics of the ownership group. Well, and and Pinner, that's his daughter. Yeah. And son-in-law. So they they would be the next in line really to receive this team. And obviously there'd be some division to some of his other kids and stuff like that, but um, but for the most part, I think they would be taken over. And I really think that they're probably going to be actually at the forefront of this. Mm-hmm. Like Rob Walton, like he's the money, he's the face, but I think it's actually them that are going to be more the, 
the day-to-day operations of an owner. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as long as they got Goodall in their back pocket, it'll be all good. Um, so uh, Broncos released their first unoffic- or initial unofficial training uh, chart here. Uh, have you had a chance to look at this yet, Carl, since I mentioned that uh, it was released? If not, that's okay, because I'm going to quiz. Okay, cool. We got Carl. We're going to put him on the spot. It's my favorite game. <laughs> I know I have the information, the answers to the test, and I'm going to be like, Carl, you idiot. Um, so uh, we're going to quiz Carl now, and you guys can play in the chat as well, although I'm sure a lot of you guys already looked it up. Um, but who wants to be a millionaire? Okay, Carl, phone a friend. Uh, 50, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, offensive line, Carl. What, what do you think? Predictions on the offensive line. This is a, I'm going to give you a softball to start here. Okay. Uh, starting offensive line, Bowles, Reisner, Cushenberry, Miners, and Anderson. Perfect, perfect. That's exactly what it is. Um, no real surprises there. Natani Moody coming in as the backup right guard. Luke Wattenberg, backup center. Graham Glasgow, backup left guard. Zach Johnson, backup left tackle. You know, we'll see how that turns out. And Cam Fleming, backup right tackle with uh, Tom Compton and Billy Turner listed uh, with an asterisk next to them due to the injury. So nothing too surprising there. Um, the wide wide receiver position, the Broncos, because it is the year 2022, uh, lists three wide receivers as starters. I'm guessing you can guess the top three. Yeah, of course, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, top three. Exactly, exactly. Now, after that, things get a little bit more uh, interesting here, but the main backups here um, early on, so the top six wide receivers for the Broncos, according to this initial unofficial depth chart, uh, Tyree Cleveland, Montrell Washington, who's been coming on, and Kendall Hinton. So uh, any surprises there? After that, it's uh, Seth Williams and uh, Trey Quinn and Brandon Johnson with Caden Davis and Jalen Vigil way down, uh, and Travis uh, Fulgum and Darius Shepard way down in like fourth and fifth string. Yeah, there, there really is no surprise. I mean, oh. a lot of those guys have been with the team. Um, Hinton, obviously, I think he's had a couple of really nice practices here recently. Brandon Johnson is the one I think you need to keep an eye out for. I've heard a lot of good things of what he's been bringing to the table. Uh, I know he was part of that group that went out there, worked out with Russell Wilson. So it seems like they they like him, or at least Russell Wilson likes him. I could see him kind of pounding the table for that guy and saying, I, I like what he brings for this offense. And uh, so I, I'd say there might be a fight there for Kendall Hinton, Brandon Johnson, Tyree Cleveland, who's going to win that final spot for the wide receivers. And also just to add to that, um, the – something that probably a lot of people don't give enough credit to is the special teams value. If you're the fourth, fifth or sixth wide receiver, special teams is going to be the trump card for a lot of those guys. Cause you're going to need to be able to contribute as a returner or a gunner or something of that nature and have some special teams value for that third phase. So uh, those are the ones um, that could make a big difference here for a few of those names. And that's why a guy like Tyree Cleveland uh, is probably listed here as second string, maybe not the wide receiver um, you're hoping for, but probably probably the team's best gunner right now. Am I, am I out of place? There's nobody else really coming to mind right now that uh, would beat him out in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I, I've thought about this of uh, like the preseason since they're trying to usually figure out a lot of the back end guys that are, like you said, special teams uh, contributors. Why don't they do more of that in the special team or in these preseason games? Just say, Hey, we're going to have five punts for each team and you have to figure out, the, the coverages and just make it where, okay, these are the things we actually want to work on. I always kind of hated a little bit of uh, sometimes the Patriots would make it where you couldn't work on your special teams. They'd tell their punter, like just punt it out of bounds or punt it through the end zone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, that is such a jerk move, but it's Belichick. Of course he's going to do that. He's going to make sure you can't get as much valuation as possible. And, yeah. uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing some of that. And I agree. Tyree Cleveland, 
great on coverage and special teams. He's proven that before. I think he'll do fine. Brandon Johnson, I, like I said, I think I've heard some pretty good things with him with, with special teams so far in practice. Uh, Kendall Hinton, I don't know. We'll have to kind of see. He's a little bit on the smaller end on some of that. And I, I still kind of wonder his fit with yeah. what they need. I mean, I, I think he would be great as a as a slot receiver. But with Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, do you already Montel have those Washington. kind of guys? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you already have enough of those guys? Yeah, we'll see. And uh, biggest shock, I mean, I'm just you know flabbergasted here. Quarterback one, Russell Wilson. I thought that Britt Rippon was going to come for his spot there. But uh, no, uh, Russell Wilson, number one. They still got Josh Johnson. Listen, number two, it sounds like a lot of people have thought that uh, Britt Rippon has stood out a little bit more than Josh Johnson. Now, granted, Josh Johnson's going up against the twos. Britt Rippon's going up against a lot of threes and fours. Uh, but still, um, I thought there was a little bit more of a, uh, a d- discussion to be had there. And probably the... Not surprising, um, but the one that has been the most contentious as far as, you know, who is the first of this position, who's the second of this position, uh, the first unofficial uh, depth chart coming out, Javonta Williams running back one with Melvin Gordon running back two. Then you got Mike Boone three. I think it's pretty uh, safe to say that's how it's going to play out after that. Uh, no offense to, you know, Max Borgie and, uh, of course, uh, Tyreek McAllister there. Any thoughts yeah. on the running backs there? No, I mean, those are your top three. And you're not going to keep any more than that. You're going to keep at least one on your practice squad because obviously running backs get hurt quite often. And and so I could see that. And we got Javante Williams taking the first spot. I don't know if that's good or bad. I'd rather have him healthy in the last run of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think early on, especially, you're going to have pretty close to a 50-50 split. You really are going to go hot hand early on. And it wouldn't surprise me if for the first eight games, Melvin Gordon is the better running back. I think he understands a little bit more of this wide zone scheme, understands the cutback lanes a little bit more. I mean, we talked about this with Javante Williams last year. He was kind of a a hit or miss running back. It's either he's going to get tackled in the backfield or he's going to have a huge game. And part of that was just, he just was missing the hole that was opening up. And from what I understand at practice so far, he's had his ups and downs. He's had some big runs, but he's also had times where he's just run into the back of his his lineman instead of seeing the back cut open up for him and where Melvin Gordon, at least when I was at practice this last week, uh, I mean, Melvin Gordon looked like the better running back. If I'm being honest, I thought he had some very explosive plays did a great job getting some of the backside cuts in there. And I, I, like I said, I think he could maybe be the more trusted guy early in the season. Yeah. One a one B for me. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty close to 50, 50 split this year playing the hot hand. Uh, this is a team that I think is, despite having Russell Wilson, um, there still will be plenty of volume uh, for the running game. It's more about the explosive and efficiency of the pass game that you hopefully will get with Russell Wilson rather than, you know, the death by a thousand paper cuts, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees style of offense uh, that some people have uh, grown accustomed to. I don't think that's going to be the case with Russell Wilson uh, on this team, but we'll see. Uh, and I guess we also didn't talk about the tight ends here. Um, this is actually probably the most interesting here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have tight end one, uh, Albert Okwebenam, number two, Greg Dulcich, number three, Andrew Beck. And then it's Eric Tomlinson, Rodney Williams, Eric Saubert, Dylan Parham. Um, to me, I've said this on the show multiple times, this tight end position, if we are really being specific about it, it's kind of like the defensive line where I was like, okay, you're listed as DT, but there's a difference between playing the four I versus the zero and one. So the way I see that this is a, Lining up right now is that you have for the F tight end spot, Albert Okwebenam is ahead of Greg Dulcich. Uh, Andrew Beck's on his own island as an F. 
And this to me says they have Eric Tomlinson ahead of Eric Saubert uh, for the, the Y alignment. Uh, I'm a little surprised. No, I I think you're right on that. I'm a little surprised. They don't have Saubert a little bit higher um, because he has been kind of the, the star of camp, I guess you could say. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, you see his name mentioned quite a bit that he's been working well with Russell Wilson. So I, I kind of expected him to be a little bit higher mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. And I expected Andrew Beck to be a little bit further down. I, I just, I don't know. There's something about Beck. I'm not the biggest fan of him. I understand he's like the most versatile where he can play fullback. He can play inline tight end, F tight end. I mean, he can kind of move all over the place, but he's kind of the jack of all trades, master of none. And I know, and it's that he's below average in all of them is my problem. Yeah. So I'd rather just have like, you're, you're truly this. And now you got to be great at this one position rather than having this guy that you kind of have move around that just doesn't do good at anything. Uh, I'm maybe being way too harsh here on Andrew Beck, but I just, I, I would hate to use a roster spot for that. Yeah. I think there's an argument for the versatility because you're not showing your hand as much pre-snap. Um, if you have somebody who is really like a in one area and F in the rest, um, you're not probably going to use them in the F. So it's kind of gives the defense a tell. Uh, but, uh, I think you are right in your assessment that he's just, he's a meh player. And mm-hmm. you really hope that somebody like Okoye Benam or one of the, any of those tight ends could play the F spot enough that, uh, you could open up the roster spot and not have to keep back on here. Uh, just cause he is just, just, eh, you know, whatever. Um, now the defensive side of the ball, things get a little bit interesting here on the defense. Um, starting defensive trio here on the interior defensive line. Uh, the likes of Draymond Jones and DJ Jones. Shock no one. Uh, Deshaun Williams, um, the other starting defensive lineman here, is listed as the defensive end uh, on this line. So two things here that stand out to me. DJ Jones listed as a defensive tackle, specifically not going to be playing that Shelby Harris role, but more to the nose tackle, according to the depth chart here. And uh, Deshaun Williams um, filling in more so for the... Uh, the Shelby Harris spot. Yeah. I I'm kind of wondering if it's either Mike Purcell, not showing as well as you would like him to, or is it Deshaun Williams playing so well that you just have to find a way to get him on that starting unit where you're willing to move DJ Jones, maybe to not his perfect position. Yeah. But like I said, you just want the best three out there. 
I, I'm not quite sure which way that goes. I, I've heard Mike Purcell's not looked the best this offseason, that maybe they could be looking for a cut-down guy that can play that nose-tackle position, and then you can keep DJ Jones a little bit more on that defensive end spot and really have the big boys up front to, to take on the run. I do have to say, John Williams, man, that guy is wide. Like He blocks out the sun. He is just – I can't get it on the screen. I mean, he'd, he'd be taking up this whole screen if, if he was here doing this video. Uh, big boy. Yeah, I mean, he's short, but he, he's big, stocky, so he's, he's not going to get pushed around too much. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, I, I've heard pretty good things about Deshaun Williams. I, I think he is doing pretty good out there. And and, uh, you know, last year I thought he had some nice flashes, did pretty well when some injuries started showing up. Yeah. And so it'd be nice to see if he took his game to that next level. Yeah, will be interesting to see. Um, I think I said it this morning. I wish there was a little bit more length and mass at that spot. You know, you talk about Deshaun Williams being big, but he's, what is he, 6'2", 290? Not super big uh, for that four-eye spot. I know short and squat, uh, but, you know, you're not talking about like an Ashawn Robinson type there who you can two-gap from the four-eye uh, spot. But still, should be a good player. I'd rather him be the first guy off the bench. But uh, Mike Priscillis is a backup here. Expensive for a backup nose tackle is going to play 20 to 30% of the snaps, so worth monitoring here. Uh, then Jonathan Harris listed above the three youngest players on the defensive line, uh, Marquis Spencer, Matt Henningsen, and Awuma uh, Awuzurike. Uh, this is a, a spot here. The defensive lineman here, this third unit, is a span the second unit. Probably one of the things I'm most interested in in watching preseason this year. Who is going to establish the pecking order? Who's going to make plays? Because you don't get as much information uh, from the practices, training camps of the trenches as you do other areas. And there's a lot of interesting names here along the interior defensive line that uh, I think the pecking order is far uh, from set here. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if none of the guys on that second unit made this roster. Like yeah. you're most likely going to keep the two rookies. Maybe Henningsen gets put on, or you try to put him on practice squad. He's a later round pick. Maybe you can sneak the him that way. Uh, but like I said, Mike Purcell, he's expensive for a backup. Yeah. Ajim, this is year three. Have you proven yourself? You know, we got these other young guys that we we can keep around for a few more years. You've got to step up and actually prove that you've earned your roster spot now. You can't just say, oh, I'm a third round pick. I make the roster. Jonathan Harris, again, he's kind of just a, a meth player. You can replace him. And, and so I could see, like I said, two of the guys from that third unit make the roster and maybe you bring in somebody that's a little bit cheaper option than Mike Purcell. Uh, this is going to be, like I said, the group that's probably going to have the most changes throughout the rest of the preseason. Absolutely. And we got Robert Caslow saying, is Draymond on the way out? Uh, Draymond's in the last year of his contract, so it could go multiple ways uh, with him being on his way out. He's a good player, and if they had him under contract for more years, then no, he wouldn't be. But it's possible that he plays so well that the uh, Broncos don't find his... He wants more uh, than the Broncos are willing to pay him, and then somebody out there is willing to pay him more. Or he could be, you know, just okay this year, and the Broncos look to go elsewhere and pay maybe somebody like Bradley Chubb instead. Uh, instead. So we'll see. Um, but, uh, don't know if he's on his way out, uh, per se. And Lawrence Rivera coming in and say, I honestly go after Alexander Johnson and any other tight end after the depth chart release. I don't have confidence in those positions at all. Uh, there's other linebackers out there. I don't know what's going on with Alexander Johnson. I thought he was okay. Um, I definitely rolled my eyes a lot when people said Kenny Young and Alexander Johnson were better than Josie Jewell because, <laughs> uh, I test did not match up that, um, on my mm-hmm. end, but, um, and the money and interest indicates I was right on that. Uh, but does surprise me that he's still out there. Tight ends as well. I think you have so many names here that you probably can just kind of sit back and see how it plays out. But the tight end was always going to be a 
weaker ish spot on the roster this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind Alexander Johnson if he's coming in on pretty much the vet minimum one year. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. If, especially if one of the top guys goes down with injury, I can understand that kind of move. He knows the the building. He knows some of the coaches, all that kind of stuff, but uh, I'm not really feeling like I need to bring him in right now. Yeah. You know, I know they, they brought in a couple veteran guys for a tryout this last week, Joe Schobert. I, I can't remember who the other one was that they brought in. Um, but, but yeah, it, Oh, Anthony Barr. That was the other one that they were trying to yeah. get to sign. So obviously they're still looking, but yeah. the fact that they haven't signed Alexander Johnson kind of shows where they view him right now. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, Andrew Baker coming in, does Russ put to sleep the narrative of not using tight ends or throwing over the middle of the field? I think that narrative is probably still going to be out there somewhat, um, but you just hope he can be a little bit more efficient with it. So the other teams have to uh, respect it, but I think the narrative will probably stay up there just a little bit. It, it does sound like they are making a concerted effort to really work the middle of the field here in preseason or in training camp. Uh, and when I was there, yeah, they were working the middle of the field quite often. And so I, I think they're trying to get that to be a part of the system and, and trying to work with Russ on like, they know he can throw deep and really this training camp, you haven't heard of him throwing a ton of deep passes. It's been a lot more of the underneath stuff. And I, I think a big part of that is, is that's, he says, this is the area I need to work on. I need to be able to take the check downs. I need to be able to take sometimes what the defense gives me. If they're playing that too deep shell. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to take the intermediate or the, the smaller throw and go get that 10 yards and say, thank you very much for opening up the field like that. Yeah. And, and like I said, they worked on that a lot. And so I, I could see a little bit more over the middle tight ends. They they've been pretty involved throughout training camp and, and we're going to see, I mean, obviously in practice when they can't hit you and you're trying to get some of these things worked on is different than in a game where all of a sudden you kind of, all those instincts just kick back in and you're going where you, where you feel comfortable. And so I, I think there's going to be a little more, maybe not as much as some people would like. Yeah, definitely possible. So, uh, thank you so much uh, for the comments and everyone's support there guys. I'm um, keeping at it here. Uh, Phil McLaughlin saying, uh, was said the two minute drill ended in a field goal, but happy to hear Hackett tell us that Albert Okoibinam is improving as a blocker. He's going to need to be, to be on the field. Um, maybe it's never going to be the plus player as a wide tight end, although he has the body frame for it. Uh, but even just being, you know, competent out there goes a long way when you are as athletic as he is. Yeah. He's, he's big. Yeah. Seeing him, I mean, he's six five, and he's all of six five. Uh, the Broncos could have a pretty decent basketball team, you know. When you got Cortland Sutton at six four, unfortunately, Tim Patrick going down, he was six four. Uh, you got Dulcich at six three or six four, something like that. Eric Tomlinson, that guy is huge. I mean, he looks like an offensive lineman out there. there there's a reason they love him for that run blocking, mm. and uh, and it sounds like they worked some plays this week to try to get him a little more involved in the, the past game. So you're not giving away, Hey, he's on the field. We're running the football kind of thing. Uh, I mean, you got to do a little bit of that with him just to keep a defense honest, but, uh, but yeah, Albert O, if he can pick up that run blocking ability, he can become a pretty good tight end in the NFL. Yeah. I don't think it's actually that hard to crack the top 10 tight ends in the NFL. Like you got like the, the top five guys. And then there's this giant drop off after that. And yep. so for him to, to get up into that kind of conversation, I've, I've heard some people have Noah Fant in their top 10. It's not like Noah Fant has done a ton in the NFL. He's been yeah. good. He's been decent, but nothing outstanding. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think Alberto could get into that kind of conversation if he can become a good run blocker and consistent as a pass catcher. 
definitely possible. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Um, thank you so much for the support, Phil. Uh, keeping it going here, a position that I am very intrigued by this season, uh, the pass rushers, the edge rushers specifically. Bradley Chubb with Malik Reed uh, listed as the starter opposite Bradley Chubb. Um, Bradley Chubb, strong linebacker. St- uh, Malik Reed, weak linebacker. Then after that, the second string, young guys, uh, Baron Browning and Nick Benito. After that, uh, Kongbo and Aaron Patrick. And then way down, even further down, Kongbo ahead of uh, Jonathan Cooper. Pretty shocking there. And then uh, Christopher Allen listed as the fourth string uh, weak side linebacker with uh, Randy Gregory uh, listed at the fifth string, but the asterisk by him because he's injured right now. So uh, I guess first thing that surprised me here, uh, Malik Reed listed as the starter instead of Baron Browning. Um, from what I've seen and heard, Baron Browning has been making more splash plays, but Reed has been uh, making some plays as well. And then uh, this, you know, back end of the guys as well, Allen, Jonathan Cooper, uh, some uh, even Nick Benito, you know, second string, you'd hope he'd beat out the undrafted free agent, even as an incumbent, but uh, not the case. So, Another unit that I'm just dying uh, to evaluate in preseason. Maybe, maybe I have some bias here, Carl. I do like the defensive trenches the most, um, but uh, fascinated to see how it plays out. Yeah, and, and I do wonder a little bit if this is kind of the trying to play chess compared to checkers in the NFL of Malik Reed being listed as a starter and trying to drive up his cost. Mm. You know, if you're trying to get maybe. that draft capital, well, Ed Rusher is one of those positions you can get some pretty decent value, and if he can show himself pretty well in preseason, all of a sudden, maybe he becomes one of those mid-round picks that you're able to get from a team that has some injuries or realizes that they're not as good at that position as they like. And, uh, and I mean, it might also be that Malik Reed proves himself that he should be a quality backup for the Broncos too. I, I don't know exactly. He does have starting experience in the NFL, so it doesn't quite, quite surprise me that he's over Baron Browning at this point, since Baron Browning has never started at edge here in the NFL. But, uh, but I, and I do expect Baron Browning to beat him out if Gregory's not ready for week one. Yeah. And right use now, rotation anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're always going to use that big time rotation there. So, yeah, I, I'm not quite surprised by it yet, but Malik Reed, I, I've heard some rumblings. The Broncos are really trying to push pretty hard to get him some trade value. Yeah. Jonathan Cooper being listed fourth string. Very interesting. So we'll see how it plays out here. Uh, linebacker, no shock here. Joni, uh, Josie Jewell and Jonas Griffith, the starters, followed by Alex Singleton and uh, Justin Strenad. And then you have Kanai Muaga and Barrington Wade as your third stringers. Seems pretty obvious to me. If they're bringing another linebacker, that second string could really use one. Uh, no offense, really, to Justin Strenad. We talked earlier about, you know, the Cleveland game and the, uh, I think, the Eagles game as well. Um, Justin Strenad. One of the reasons the Broncos linebackers were so poor, just I know that it was a Ishiro Evero, I think just recently spoke out positively about uh, Stranad, but the Broncos actions in the front office say otherwise, you know, going after Anthony Barr interested in Joe Schobert. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, no real shocks there though. Right, Carl? I mean, linebacking yeah. group there is what it is. And I'd expect them to only to keep four of those guys there with that uh, fourth one, third and fourth, honestly, special teams going to be a big tiebreaker there. Cornerback room. Nah. Really annoyed here that they've listed only two cornerbacks here. They're really smart in listing the offense and 11 personnel, but they list three, four base for the starting defense. Like what, what year is it? Um, Starting linebackers here, Patrick uh, Sertan, duh, the second Ronald Darby. Then you have your second string, Michael Ojemudi and Kawan Williams. Then you have Damari Mathis and Asang Bassey. Then bless Austin and Fayon Hicks. And then Donnie Lewis Jr. And Jaquan McMillan. I think. Fayon Hicks is one we can talk about here, but after that, uh, we'll be interesting to see, you know, saying Bassey versus Fayon Hicks, what's Damari Mathis's role and uh, Michael Ojemudia. So again, how they have it listed, it's really hard to actually put in a depth chart of where all these guys are probably going to line up. Uh, but uh, it really doesn't lend itself to uh, these guys, exact positions and roles. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And 
So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that group plays out as well. I think wide receiver and cornerback are the two rooms that I can see the most variance of who's going to make this roster at this point. But we have Chase Wellner coming in here with a, a super chat. Appreciate that, Chase, saying any position. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Additional matchups versus Dallas that intrigue you. Uh, go ahead, Carl. You go first. Well, I I mean, Dallas has, at least in the past, they've had usually pretty good offensive linemen. I mean, well, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of starters that play. So that's, that's always kind thing, of the hard part of right. But practice. Yeah. Give yeah. Practice I was going to say, I guess, yeah, we could talk about that because since they're going to do the, the practices, I, I would say the Broncos offensive line versus that Dallas defensive line. I mean, you got Parsons. You got Lawrence. You got a few things there for Dallas that are going to give the Broncos some challenges. So especially Calvin Anderson, can he hold up against like a Micah Parsons, at least slow him down a little bit. I mean, you're not going to win that matchup every single time, but if you can at least look competent, I'm going to feel a lot better about Calvin Anderson starting because Micah Parsons, probably one of the the top 10 pass rushers in the NFL right now. I mean, I think we can say that after his rookie year, he looked incredible. And yep. so, yeah, like I said, if he can look halfway competent, I'm good with him there. Uh, that's obviously a superstar matchup that comes to mind. The other one is probably CD lamb versus uh, Patrick Sertan uh, jr. Or the second duh, um, out there on an Island. It'll be fun to see, uh, but I'm really curious to see how these Broncos wide receivers match up against the Cowboys uh, cornerbacks here. Um, obviously it's Russell Wilson's. They're going to be trying to attack here, not just kind of install. And uh, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy have been okay in camp, but it seems like the defense has more or less won the day more times than not so far this season. And maybe it's because, you know, with the likes of, especially in the seven on seven, you know, practice uh, style of play, having Justin Simmons and Patrick Sertan makes it pretty darn hard uh, to throw the football. So curious to see what uh, Trevon Diggs versus the likes of Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton can come out because if this Broncos team is going to be good this season, especially with uh, Tim Patrick going down, you need Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton to probably take a step forward and really uh, show themselves out. And Trevon Diggs, he seems to be in an interesting spot right now. I don't know if you saw, I deactivated his Twitter after getting burnt by some uh, <laughs> undrafted free agents uh, uh-huh. in uh, Dallas camp. So uh, really want those Broncos wide receivers to step up. We're going to need them this year uh, to step up big time. Um, and finally talking about the secondary here, 
Um, we're going to round it out here with this, the cornerback room. No real shocks here uh, for me at all. Kareem Jackson, Caden Stearns, DeLarian Turner-Yell, one, two, three for strong safety. Uh, Justin Simmons, PJ Lock, Jamar Johnson, J.R. Reed, one, two, three, four for the free safety spot. Strong safety, free safety. I mean, the Broncos are going to play more too high. So really, they're just labels. Um, they're going to play a little bit of everything. Who's going to be deep? Who's not going to be deep? Um, there will be some cover three looks, but I'm guessing it'll start off as a cover two look pre-snap. Um, but no real surprises here um, for me on the uh, special team side, I guess, other than, uh, I guess, maybe Jamar Johnson being listed ahead of J.R. Reed, considering the special teams tiebreaker there that Jamar Johnson does not really seem to have. Uh, but uh, again, another area that will be interesting to see if a guy steps up. And come on, uh, DeLaren Turner, yell. Yeah, fifth round pick, let's, uh, you need to go out there and make some plays here if you're going to make the roster this season. It sounds like that might be a little bit in jeopardy. Yeah. I mean, I think he sets up well to be a good special teams kind of guy. He's aggressive. He's fast. He has no problem wanting to hit somebody. All things that play well into being a good special teamer and being a gunner. Um, but yeah, you're right. He's got to go out there and make some plays here in special teams. And and really, I think he's one of those guys, maybe games are better for him than practices because it actually plays to his strengths of actually getting to hit somebody and and be that guy that is kind of the intimidator over the middle. That's what he loved to do in college. Now it led mm-hmm. to some injuries, but because he is kind of a smaller guy, but still like that's that's where he wants to be at. And so special teams and getting the opportunity on defense here that he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of snaps in pre- preseason for sure. And mm-hmm. so I, I think he's gonna prove himself well to be on this roster. Yep. It will be interesting to see. And uh we got Gary Leeds Palmer coming in saying, How much do you think the ones will play? I think the only ones you will see are the ones that are battling to be ones. Um, so you have your guards potentially out there, um, right tackle Calvin Anderson. I don't need to see Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams. I don't need to see Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler or Jerry Judy would like to see the tight ends out there. Don't need to see Russell Wilson. Don't need to see DJ Jones, Draymond Jones, Josie Jewell, uh, Patrick Sertan, Ronald Darby, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, like none of those guys, but the other ones that are potentially battling for a spot, you know, Jonas Griffith, Alex Singleton, Deshaun Williams, Mike Purcell. I know you're a vet, but. You're fighting for a spot, in my opinion, buddy. Uh, those guys um, want to see them out there in the preseason game. Yeah, I'd probably agree. I, I think at least this upcoming game, mm-hmm. maybe a few of the offensive linemen, just because if there's any unit that's probably going to struggle early in the season, it's going to be that offensive line. Having to work as one unit in this wide zone scheme, you know, where you're working to pass guys off. So, you know, sometimes you're going to have one hand on two different guys. And so you're, you're kind of working and waiting for your other guy to get that. And you got to work on just the feel of, of when to, to move forward. Uh, that, that takes a little bit of time. And so you might actually be trying to get a few more snaps for those guys. And, and like I said, there's a lot more battles going on with the offensive line anyway. So I, if anybody plays in this first game that are going to be starters, I would say that would probably be the unit. Yep. Sounds good. Well, Carl, last uh, last episode here before we actually get some real new Broncos footage and games to uh, – evaluate so going to be a lot of fun um hopefully this is a illuminated week i remember a year ago um the broncos going up against the vikings being like uh-oh the quarterbacks are not very good and uh that kind of was the the lead on to the rest of the season so hopefully we have a good preview uh prologue right is it prologue i think before um the uh, the season starts off here with this uh combined uh practice and uh against an interesting team in the dallas cowboys a team that is definitely not devoid of talent maybe a little bit overrated 
um, but a team that still has talent that uh, will be able to find some things out about the Broncos. So uh, one word, Carl, before we get out of here, what are the thing you're most excited about for this uh, combined practice week and the preseason game since we won't see you uh, before, uh, before that again? Well, I, I think I'm excited to hear how this defense does against Dallas. Just, you know, I, the defense has been winning against Russ and the Broncos offense so far, and it has a lot of us kind of excited about what they could be of maybe being a top five unit and really being kind of uh, that, that tone setter for the Broncos that helps them, especially just as the offense figures things out that maybe you're still winning games because the defense is holding teams down and the offense struggles there a little bit there early season. Uh, can they do that against Dallas? Because they do have, like I said, some pretty nice weapons. You got CD lamb. Love that guy. You remember how much I loved him coming out of the draft. Yep, I know those are good. And <laughs> like I said, having him go against Patrick Sertan, that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm very, very excited to hear about that. But also just hearing, can our pass rushers win against this offensive line that has a little bit more of a veteran presence for Dallas? You know, that the Broncos are still figuring a lot of things out of moving in guys, moving guys in and out. And yeah. Draymond Jones and DJ Jones and pass rushers sounds like they've been having their way. Can yeah. they do that against Dallas too? If they can do that, then I'm going to feel really good about this team moving forward. You know, I, I trust, honestly, I trust the cornerbacks. I trust the safety group to be pretty good for the Broncos. Like we've talked about in the past, the, the make or break for this season could be really, can that pass rush actually work up front? Can you yep. get home with four? And if you can, this team could be really, really fun this year. Yeah, um, for me, it's to see if the offensive line doesn't completely implode uh, going up against the pass rushers that Dallas has. Um, not only Micah Parsons, but um, you have a, a Dexter Lawrence as well, uh, who's a really talented player. So hopefully that we'll get a preview here um, this week as if this is a real big issue, it might be an issue throughout the season for a lot of the Broncos opponents. Uh, the other one is you're talking about the pass rush. I don't know how much we're going to get from it, from the combined practices and without the starters and whatnot, but Broncos last year were horrible, horrible on first down and second down and stopping the run. I think we're in, they were one of the worst teams in football on third and short. I think they had the third worst rate of yards to go on third down in the NFL for the defense. And maybe you're not going to be able to get that in practices, uh, given it's more of a, like a seven on seven kind of thing. Uh, but, um, can the Broncos front seven hold up against the Cowboys run? The offensive line of the Cowboys is not what it used to be. Still a, still a team that wants to run the ball. Ezekiel Elliott back there. Um, hopefully they'll uh, rise to the challenge. So that's going to be it, guys. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, everyone, make sure you're following Carl on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumber MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BTB Football Pod. And uh, oops, that's the other one. Excuse me. And at Mile High Huddle, of course. Also, make sure you're joining us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and subscribe, like, and share. If you haven't done so yet over on YouTube, click the bell notifications. That way, you know, when we go live, of course, this is building the Broncos. Uh, Carl, any plans the rest of the night? What's up? Well, actually I, I'm starting my new race tonight. I just finished my 145 mile run. Wow. Not all at once, obviously, but I uh, just finished that. My Lord of the Rings runs. So I get the, the ring to rule them all mm. here pretty soon in the mail. Pretty excited about that. But uh, now I'm starting the Great Wall of China run. Hmm. And okay. it's like 2,448 miles. Man, you know, I shake my head. That's like, that sounds horrible to me. I'll, I'll walk all day. Um, <laughs> but uh, the running part is just not for me. Give me the elevation gain. We're all good. Um, and uh, well, I'm going to go cook dinner, do some laundry. So kind of boring night, but uh, enjoying it. So uh, make sure you guys are out there choosing kindness, choose compassion. Don't drink and drive. Marshawn Lynch had just arrested in Las Vegas. Um, 
<laughs> not good. Um, so uh, we appreciate you guys. And uh, Carl, who's going to win the game? I'm going to be on again. So this is just for you. I'll, I'll go with the Broncos. I, I think they've got a lot of depth on that defense to keep the keep Dallas pretty low score. And uh, Brett Rippon, I've been hearing some pretty good things about that guy. He's been making some pretty big-time throws. Josh Johnson, it sounds like he's been a little more consistent from throw to throw. But Brett Rippon, I think he's going to hit, hit a couple deep ones that give the Broncos the victories in this in this game. Mm. All right. Well, we'll see. Um preseason games i don't know i'm not a degenerate we'll see how it plays out hopefully the broncos win um but we'll we'll have a better idea after the combined practices so uh everyone like i said choose kindness choose compassion we'll see you later go broncos you've been listening to building the broncos join broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore the Biden administration's pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 